0: Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of The Money Multiplier Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Kessler, and today we have a short and sweet episode. I know we're kinda getting into the summer months, and I'm gonna keep it brief on y'all because I know you wanna get outside, enjoy the sunshine, enjoy the family, maybe a lake or a water source nearby. So I'll make this super sweet and short episode today, but I gotta ask you first, Do Your Dollars Make Sense? So welcome back. Thanks for joining me here today. I can tell that y'all can probably see up on the screen. I got a little burnt nose (laughs) Um, and my chest is a little red as well. Um, Actually, I went out this weekend with uh, some friends and they took their boat out. So shout out to Aaron and Marion. Thanks for taking me out this weekend. So we had a really great time and we actually even went to a restaurant called Drifters. It's on the water. So if that was even good. They have some great, great food. So check that out. That's in Astor, Florida. Um, Drifters is the name of the place. So coming up here soon, actually what got me really thinking about it, I was on the boat, and I was asking Erin a little bit about how she financed her boat purchase, and she, showed, and she told me that she paid cash for it. So coming up here soon, I was actually just working on it. Um, if I can find my notebook, I'll show y'all. Hey, look, just working on it. Um, about uh, using a policy versus just using a regular traditional savings account to finance large purchases like that. So I'm gonna have another episode coming out here soon showing the illustrations and numbers and doing the math behind it of the long-term effect of how IBC plays out in financing boat purchases for, versus just a traditional savings account down at the local bank. So stay tuned for that. Um, I'm a little stuffy today, so sorry if I'm kind of coming through a little meh. (laughs) So um, just bear with me here. Um, Later on today, too, uh, check out in our show notes down below. We're always having live events, virtual events. So check out down below themoneymultiplier.com forward slash events. And it will take you to our calendar of where you can sign up for the virtual events or maybe if we're coming to a town near you. So it would be a pleasure to see you. I hope y'all are having a wonderful day. Let's get into the episode now. So today, I wanna talk about how infinite banking is almost like starting a business from scratch. So y'all know, right? It's a little risky going out there and starting up a new business, okay? Maybe you're working a comfortable nine to five. You got the steady income coming in. You got your retirement account, your pension set up with them. You got your benefits. And if you stray away from that normal matrix way of thinking you know it's a little scary going out there and thinking of supporting yourself and supporting your family with your own entrepreneurial ideas that you have for yourself so i kind of want to talk just a little bit about how the infinite banking concept is almost like starting a business from scratch so here's what i mean by this right I don't care what line of business you go in. You could start up a trucking business. You can be a uh, affiliate marketing. You could do chiropractic business. You could be a dentist. You could be a yoga teacher, right? I don't care, so you're gonna go into any line of business. Now, as we know, starting up a business it's probably not gonna be profitable in the first few years, okay? So what I mean by that is is that when you walk into a business, you open the front doors, you're spending more dollars out of pocket than what's coming in as revenue that first year. That's mostly how small businesses open and operate, all businesses I should say, not just small businesses. But so what I mean is is that, let's take our policy for instance. Let's say that we are going to start up a business, and this business is going to require us to put $50,000 of capital into it. So we put in the $50,000 of capital, and in the first year of our business, we come back around, and guess what? We made a profit. We made profits of 60%. Let's say that our net profit after the expenses were paid off, not not our gross, our net profits. Let's make believe that we made $30,000 that year. Okay, I know it's not dollar for dollar yet. I'm not breaking even in the business, but I understand because I'm starting it up. I'm getting my name out there and I'm getting the branding down. So then comes into year two. Year two goes by and... We need to put more dollars into the business. We got more marketing expenses, maybe more equipment, maybe employees we've hired on for help. So we're gonna put another $50,000 into that business. Well now, the years goes by, 12 months pass through, and now at the end of the year, we check out our revenues again. And our revenues, our net profits in year two, is now up by 85%. So if I put in $50,000 into my business and I made a profit of $42,000, let us just say, all right, well, I'm not breaking even yet, but I'm on a steady incline. I'm going up. So this this is good. Signs are showing positive. So I'm on an incline and doing great for myself. Now let's walk into year three because I'm loving this. You know, I went out on this journey to start this business to take back the time freedom for myself, maybe enjoy some passions that I want to during this time that I have here on this earth. So now walks into year three of the business. Year three, we walk in, same scenario. Marketing dollars, maybe some taxes we gotta pay this year, blah, 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 so on and so forth. We put in another $50,000 into the business. $50,000 go in. And guess what now? At the end of the year, we've now made a profit of $48,000 net profit. Let's just say that's 95%. 95% of what we've put into the business is what we've got out as our ROR of that year. So I'm doing pretty great, right? I'm in year three. I'm, I'm still on an incline, steady going up. I'm not breaking even yet, but I'm almost there. I'm almost close. Let's walk into year four now. Year four, I put another $50,000 into the business. And guess what? I'm now breaking even plus making a little bit of money. So okay, this is exactly what I've strived for. This is why I set out on this journey of starting my own business so I could live and I could see this happening right now. So year four, I'm breaking even on my profits. Let's just fast forward, let's go into year five now. Year five, I put another $50,000 into my business. Year five, I got $55,000 now was my net profits of that year. So all I'm saying y'all in this little analogy that I'm doing with you, I hope you're catching my drift and I think you are, I think y'all are pretty smart people. All I'm saying is, is that the policy is nothing more than just starting a business from scratch. Each and every year in those figures that I use actually happen and perform inside of your whole life insurance contract. Year one, we don't have access to dollar for dollar quite yet. But the whole reason that I'm doing this is that as time goes on, the maturity of my policy, the time value of money, the opportunity costs, and the compounding growth that happens inside of it, I'm going to get to the point where I break even and then every year after that I'm gonna have profits and profits and profits, positive, positive, positive that keeps inclining as my years go on. How many of these businesses do you want in your lifetime? Now get this too y'all, get this. In my business, when I'm talking about the policies over here, I don't have any employees. I don't have any overhead. I don't have an office that I gotta go drive into, pay rent on, pay the AC, the electricity bill, the phone bill. I don't have any of that overhead. All I'm doing is I'm just putting money inside of this vehicle and allowing it to grow and compound over there with it. So. I hope you're starting to see the power that comes behind these vehicles when you really understand what's going on inside of them because when you can really use this vehicle to its maximum efficiency and that power, you're going to create that total financial tailwind within your lifetime because here's what I mean by this. I'm just talking about the net gains and the net profits each and every year. I was using it in the analogy as if I was just taking $50,000 of outside money and just Plugging it into my business each year, but with the policy, I still have full available liquid cash sitting inside of there that I can let sit there if I want to just take the profits off the table or uh, have that money go out and deploy to work for me elsewhere while it's still growing inside of the policy. Now, as I said, that statement, so for some of my listeners, this is kind of your first episode of ever hearing me talk about the infinite banking concept. Definitely go back and watch some of my other material because that will make more sense. But I hope you're getting the gist of what's going on here when I'm talking about these policies. So now as the time goes on and you are profiting more and more from that business, we're past year four, which is the break-even year, and every year beyond that, you're thinking to yourself, well, hey, This location is doing really great. Might as well go open up another location. Let's go make some more profits down the street. I got a store I opened up on Main Street. Now I'm gonna go open up a store on Third Street. So what do we do? We start the process all over again. We go, we put our $50,000 into the business. All right, year one, we got access, or our net gains are 30,000. I got 60% profits that first year. Rinse and repeat. Year two, what happens? I put in my 50, I got my 85%. We're going up. It's on an incline. So, this whole cycle keeps happening as you open up more and more of these businesses. That's what you're doing when you're opening up more and more of your policies. All you're doing, and the analogy I like to use, is you're just opening up a branch office of your bank. That's all you're doing. So, When you open up a new location, though, that does not mean that you neglect the capitalization that you're doing at the other location. So here's what I mean, because I get this question sometimes. Hannah, I'm going to start my first policy, but as time goes on and that policy gets more matured, I don't have to pay the premiums on it any longer, right? So should I just stop making the premiums? No, 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 no. Your thinking is so wrong right now. You do not neglect the capitalization that you're already doing and trucking along over there at that other location. So keep moving along, keep trucking along with that same capitalization, if not more, because you see what's going on when you put more money back inside the business. So you're always and forever gonna keep that on capitalization working for you inside of that business running efficiently so when I'm talking about opening up more locations aka more policies that you're just funneling more cash flow through no we are not going to neglect the other policies you're gonna keep funneling the same cash flow into those other policies that you have been up to this point it's just they are more efficient Okay, they've got their grounding, they've got their branding, people know the name now, people want to come and visit the store, they've heard about it through word of mouth. So with the policies, it's the same thing. It's more efficient now, because you're in business for longer, and you're having more of that sustainability and that sustainable growth behind you. So... Here's a question sometimes, you know, hey, Hannah, well, why do I have to open up another policy? Why do I have to open up more locations of the business? Well, here's something with the policies. I've talked about this before, but let's recap real quick. There's something called the MEC limit within inside of policy contracts. The MEC stands for Modified Endowment Contract. You don't got to memorize that. Just understand MEC means no, we do not want a mech. Because what a MEC means, it's an IRS tax law and you don't want to overstuff or overfund your policy contract because if you overfund it, then the government now is going to look at your policy as an investment rather than a contract, a life insurance contract, and now they're going to tax you on it. And we don't want to have those tax consequences coming from it. We enjoy the tax-free growth and the benefits and the tax-free death benefit that comes from that policy contract. So as time goes on and we evolve, our income rises, our assets rise, and we have a need to warehouse more dollars or open up more locations, that is when we would just go in and open up additional policies. Number one, avoid the mechs. Status and then number two, keep capitalizing and pushing more cash flow through your policies in that fashion. So, now here's something else I'm thinking about too. I'm kind of not really going off of notes today, I'm kind of just taking it by the fly. (laughs) But, but something else too, you know, I get asked is, um, you know, can I increase premiums? Okay, so Hannah, you know, in your analogy that you're using, I'm starting my policy 50,000. Sorry, not policy. I'm starting my business. I'm putting $50,000 a year into the business. Well, maybe next year I decide I want to put $100,000 into the business to see what this does for me. So over here on the policy side, no, you cannot quote unquote increase your premiums, but there is some extra wiggle room that as time goes on, you can dump in some extra capital inside of there that... You could just push it in. It's not going towards any premiums, but it's extra cash that you're simply just dumping into the policy AKA for my listeners who've been around for a while, really what we're doing is we're adding extra paid up additions inside of that policy. And when the extra paid up additions goes in, it's just showing up as cash value inside of there. And now it's working in that environment, tax-free uninterrupted compounding growth in the policy. So you have some wiggle room that you can do some extra dump-ins as time goes on, but no, we cannot go in and just quote-unquote increase the premium. So for my folks who are working with the money multiplier, reach out to your implementation specialist, and you if you have some dollars laying around, call them up and just see, hey, Larry, hey, Ethan, hey, Jerome how much extra wiggle room do I have in my policy that I can dump in this extra cash? And really what the question that we're asking is, how much extra can I dump into the policy without hitting the mech? status without causing the tax consequences so this imaginary line this imaginary mech line it's on an ever increasing scale so each and every year it goes up and up but we just don't know where it's going to be at until we get to that point in time so just simply call up your implementation specialist and they can help you And for folks who aren't a part of the money multiplier, call up your other agent or call up the customer service area of that insurance company, and they'll definitely be able to help answer that for you too. So now we talked about how we use the policies as just starting a business from scratch. I hope this is making a little bit more sense and I hope you can understand why I personally am actually starting my sixth policy now, so very excited about that. Dad actually just reached out to me. He wants to add another policy. He's going to do it on my mom's body. So he's going to be adding another policy to his, what, 26 plus policies that he owns. So do you understand why we own so many of these policies? Because if I had a crystal ball in front of me, and if I knew that if I went out and started this venture of starting my own business from scratch, and if I knew by the time that I I hit that fourth year and beyond, and I'm gonna break even, be profitable more and more than that previous year. How many of these businesses do you want in your portfolio and within your lifetime? Hopefully, the answer is a lot of them. And now, quickly, just to wrap it up, you know, we kind of hit on it too, but why start the multiple policies? It's because of that mech limit. Now, I did this about a year ago, maybe two years ago, where I talked about how the section 7702 of the tax law came into play and the changes that came from it and how that correlated with the mech limits moving forward. But y'all should really look back through history and see why this mech limit even came about in the first place, but I'll digress because I told y'all this is gonna be a short episode today. So maybe for another time, we'll get into the weeds of that or reach out to me. I'm always an open book answering questions all day long. Hannah at themoneymultiplier.com is my email address. You can reach out to me. You can always find it in the show notes below as well. But why are we starting multiple policies? It's the MEC limit. That's really why, you know, as time goes on, you're going to want to keep pushing more cash through the policy and you can't without violating those tax consequences. So that's when and why we would open up an additional policy. So how I just mentioned, you know, I'm starting my sixth policy. The reason I'm starting my sixth policy is because here recently, I just went back through, I paid back all of my policy loans, all of my premiums are paid up on an annual basis, and I still got more cash left over sitting at the local bank that's not doing anything, you know, absolutely, I can go push that capital out right now in some active investments if I wanted to. But truthfully, I'm kind of just sitting on it for the next month, month and a half while I get my next policy up and running, because then I'll just push the cash through there first and then go uh, deploy it out in some investments that I want to go do. And That's why I gotta open up more policies because I paid back all the loans, I paid up all my premiums, and I have no more wiggle room up to the mech, and I just got more dollars that I need to go and store somewhere and I need a place to go warehouse it. So that's why I'm opening up that sixth business that I am starting for myself now. Well, anyways, thank you for joining me here today. I hope that helped and maybe clarified a few things for some folks, because I know y'all always wanna talk a lot about how policies and the ROR and ROI policies and all that jazz, but y'all, we can't look at a policy as an investment. The policy is nothing more than the process of how we go buy our investments, our transactions within our life. So as always, let me know how you feel about the show. You can reach out to me directly. Leave a comment down below. Give us a follow on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Um, These podcasts stream wherever you stream your podcast shows from. And uh, if you are a listener, go ahead and check out the YouTube channel as well. Um, I do post video podcasts as well. So you can see my face, see the setup over here and um, see who, who you're listening to as you're, um, tuning in. But, uh, as always, I really appreciate the sports and let me know if y'all have questions. I'm here in the meantime. And until then I'll catch you next time. Bye now.